Well, I am excited to be here. I'm excited uh, in a lot of ways. We've been around this place for a long time, a good 15 plus years, but to be doing it in a whole new way and be a part of this family in a whole way is absolutely wonderful. And uh, one of the things you need to know is the best part about knowing me is really knowing the four other people that live in my house with me. So I want to introduce them to you. You get to see uh, the beautiful array of sunshine. My wife of 11 years is right over here, uh, but we've got Abby in the middle is two, uh, Lydia uh, is, our, se- is our, our second, Lydia is three, and Gracelyn is five, and they're here this morning, but I know that for them, they're totally excited that this is Family Gathers Month, because this is the only month that we have everybody from five to 95 sitting in the same place at the same time, which I kind of think makes God's heart glad. It really does. I think he absolutely loves this, and I know the kids, not only do they love it, but they love snacks. So, ushers, can you bring, come on down, and we're going to bring some snacks. Give those folks a hand for the way that they serve. <clears throat> well, hey, as you open those snacks, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had one of those days, one of those moments where everything was going absolutely incredible? Like, it's, it's the kind of day you dream of. It's the day that you go, if every day was like this, I'd feel like I was in heaven. But all of a sudden, in the middle of that day... Everything goes so wrong so fast. And you think, like, how could something be going so good, so, go so bad so fast? Like, maybe it was that text message, maybe it was that email, maybe it was that encounter, maybe it was that phone call when suddenly you went from the absolute height to the absolute low. And I got to tell you, I had an experience like that. I was finishing up a high school camping trip with Young Life, and, and uh, we had an absolutely amazing time. We laughed together, we cried together, we dug into God's heart together, we shared our lives together, and we thought, what better way to end this trip than with a rafting trip? We were going to do a rafting trip down the Deschutes River. If you don't know, the Deschutes in Central Oregon is one of the best rafting spots in, in all of the Northwest. And so we happened to be me and a guide and six guys. We were the last boat that was coming down the river. And you got to know, there's only two guys in that boat that didn't like water. Okay, one is Malik. And then the other one is this guy right here. Okay, so like uh, oftentimes it's been said that as kryptonite is to Superman, water is to me. Like water is my weakness. In fact, the guys that I worked with, they said if they want to take Jeremy out, just go get him in the water. That's his weak spot. So, but if I'm sitting on top of something in the water, that's a whole lot better. So we're the last boat and we go launching down the Deschutes and, and Malik and I are sitting right across from each other. And honestly, the two guys that didn't like water, like we're having a great time. It was, it was a day kind of like the ones we've had the last few, 100 degrees. And you're thinking, oh man, what better place to be than right here in the water. And we're hitting each other with squirt guns. And again, we're on top of the water, which is a nice place to be when you don't like it very much. And as we go down, we hit a first few rapids. I mean, we're looking, we're smiling ear to ear. We're thinking, this is great. This is the best finish to a trip that I could ever hope for. And then suddenly we start to head into one of the biggest rapids on the Deschutes River. It's a class four rapid. And to help you understand like what that means, okay, they have class one, two, three, four, and five. Okay, now five is the biggest classification they have. After that, it's just like those are waterfalls that you're going down. So just take that back a notch, and that's what we're going down. It was this rapid called Oak Springs, you know? And our guide has got us ready to head in, and, and we are excited. We're having a blast for the first three seconds. And... And as we're looking at each other thinking, this is absolutely great, all of a sudden we hit a spot. We hit a spot kind of like this. And, 
and as we're there, I, I mean, the guy told us, like, hold on tight to this one. You know, and I'm holding on tight. Malik is holding on tight. But suddenly, the side that Malik is on bounces up by about four feet. And mine bounces down, and I just, I leaned in. I was like, I have got to stay in, in on this. And Malik leaned in too, but he decided to let go of the raft. And his hands went straight to my chest, and it was like slow-mo, you know, as I went flailing over the backside of the raft and into the middle of a class four rapid. The only thing that gave me consolation with Malik is, I think I heard him say, I'm sorry, you know. I mean, he really did feel bad. But suddenly, there I was, like, I went from best of times to worst of times so fast, and I'm thinking, uh, what do I do? All I could remember is, the guide said, hey, if you ever fall out, you got to get your feet downhill, and you just start swimming like crazy to get to the surface. So I'm just trying to get some air. I finally get up to the surface. I get my feet going downhill. But all of a sudden, as I look back, the raft is a good 30 yards away from me. I am all alone. The people I need are in that boat, and I am stuck in this water. And I wind up going through another rapid all by myself before they finally catch up. And as, as they catch up, I'm trying to get back into the raft. I'm climbing like crazy to get back into the raft, and I can't do it. And we, again, remember the instructions of our guide where you actually, you don't face the raft. You have to get your back to the raft. And then all of a sudden, eight hands come down, and these eight hands grab a hold of my life jacket and pull me back into that boat. And I'm so glad on that day I wasn't going down those rapids alone. I needed people in that boat. We were not meant to do life alone. In fact, I would say God's heart is that we would be in community together, that we would be riding the rapids and celebrating together, but we would also be there to grab each other and pull us back into the boat. You know, I want to share a story of another guy that wound up over the side of a boat, and, and uh, <clears throat> if you would turn to Matthew 14, in your pew Bibles, it's page 1540. I want to give you a second to, to get there, but to give a little bit of a background, this is a day for Jesus that things were going so good, and they went so bad so fast. When Jesus got up that morning, he'd found out that one of his close friends and relatives, John the Baptist, had been killed. So Jesus went off to a solitary place to be alone, to mourn that death. But just like always happens, that people flooded to where Jesus was. People came to him, and so he had compassion on them, and he spent the whole morning and afternoon healing them. As evening came, the people hadn't eaten yet, and so the disciples pulled together, and they said, Gosh, Jesus, we've got to feed the people, but send them away. And Jesus said, No, you give them something to eat. And so it was at that moment that Jesus fed 5,000 men plus all the women and children. Jesus was absolutely spent. His day, I love that even God's day can go different than he started out and he's okay with it. It makes me think that maybe my day can go different than I started out and it's going to be just fine when he's with me. I want to pick it up in Matthew 14, 22, but before I do that, I know that when I come to share a word with you, that God is a multitasker and that he speaks through this word that is living and active. He knows exactly where you're at and so I have a message to share but he may want to speak something different than I even have to share right here from his word. So I just want to pause and let our hearts settle and say, God, speak to me what you know I need to hear. So would you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thanks for your word. Thank you that you call us to be in community. It's your, it's your very heart. And Lord, whatever distractions might be in the way of us hearing you, Lord, would those be wiped away right now so that we could hear your voice, the voice of the one who made us. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So here we are. We pick it up in verse 22. Again, Jesus has just fed the 5,000 plus, and here's what happens next. It says, immediately after the feeding, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. You guys, I think this is so important. You know, I've looked through the scriptures, and there's not many places that Jesus insists on things. There's not many places where he absolutely demands it, that he tells it. He asks a lot of questions. He asks us to follow us. Uh, Oftentimes, he gives us the option, but it seems in this moment, Jesus knew something that the disciples didn't know. Jesus knew what was coming next, but he also knew that the disciples were spiritually exhausted emotionally exhausted they were physically exhausted and they needed to stick together this was not the time to do life alone jesus insisted that this fellowship stick together that's part of god's heart after sending all the people home jesus went up into the hills by himself to pray night fell while he was there all alone Meanwhile, and this is what Jesus knew was coming, meanwhile the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, which is when things usually happen for college students, by the way, (laughs) Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Why would Peter respond that way? Like, in your head, that makes absolutely no sense. I'm going to get out of a perfectly safe boat in the middle of a storm and start walking on the water. But I think the reason that that Peter saw that is Jesus spoke to his heart in a way when he said, I am, that I am is the same I am that God spoke to Moses in Exodus. It was the same I am that created the scars, that spoke this world into existence. That was the I am. That was the strongest statement that Jesus could make, that I am not just a teacher. I'm not just a rabbi. I am God. And when God speaks to our heart that way, it goes beyond our mind to a place much deeper. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus says. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. Now, you know, oftentimes, I think we lift up Peter as having such great faith, and we tell, we, we make it like the disciples didn't have faith, but it would have been rather awkward to have 12 people suddenly coming out of the boat at the same time. I think Jesus knew he didn't need, for, for those disciples to get the same faith, he didn't need everybody to get out of the boat. I don't think it was so much that they were scared <laughs> as that sometimes Peter was impulsive, which gives me hope as well. But Peter did see something in the eyes of Jesus. The great I am was calling me, and he was calling to my heart. So after he gives over the side of the boat and starts walking on the water, it says, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, Peter was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. He called out to the only one that could have saved him. The 11 guys in the boat couldn't help him at that point. He knew who to talk to. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God. See, the eyes of the guys in that boat went right where they belonged. They didn't go to Peter. They went to Jesus. You know, I wonder 
if some of us today, what you need to hear more than anything today is, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. I know everything that you're going through. I know exactly what you're carrying. And don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. You know, God's hope is that we would have hearts that are continually transformed to the image of Christ. Our hearts, is, it's our desire, it's our will, it's, it's our affections. And as we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus personally, but Jesus insists that we are in community. When we are not in community, quite honestly, our hearts are in danger. We need community that goes beyond these four walls. Because sometimes we walk in and out of here and we're carrying stuff that we can't let down right here. We need to keep coming, but we're carrying other stuff and we need people to be in the boat with us. We need a deeper sense of community. And here's a, a quote from Kent Hodling and John Gilman, their book Submit to One Another, that reflects this thought. So there's, there's a difference between being part of a community of believers and having an intimate friendship. We can experience community with hundreds of relatively like-minded people, but intimacy only happens with a few. After spending a night in prayer, Jesus chose 12 of his friends with whom he shared everything. You know, I'm developing some awesome friendships with college folks here at Sam Alliance. And we took last week to pray and plan as a community to say, what's God's heart for this ministry as we launch into the fall? And without a doubt, what I learned from them about the heart of God, what they keep pounding home to me is this idea of community. It's the word that rang true again and again and again. And I said, what does that mean to you? They said, we need a place to let down the walls. We need a place to not have to have it all together. We need to have people ask me the hard questions about, about my life, my life in Christ, my relationships with my boyfriend, my relationships with my girlfriend. Am I being honest? Ask me the hard questions. We need a place to pray as long as we need it. We want to follow Jesus in a dramatically changing culture. Things are changing so fast, and our world is so fragmented that they need the community. We all need it to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. They need people, catch this, they need people to ride the rapids with them, to celebrate those walking on water type moments, and they also need people to say, I'm going to grab your life jacket and pull you back in. I love that college folks don't play it safe. They want to shake our world up. They want to follow Jesus authentically. They want to follow Jesus boldly, and we need them to. They want their lives to count in this world. They want things to matter, and they need us to be in the boat with them. They need us to be faithful. They need us to be available they need our ears more than they need our mouths. They need to hear our stories of success. They need to hear our stories of struggle. They need to hear the real messiness of life. They need us to be cheering them on when they take risks. They just need our life in Christ to be shared with them. As we were together last, last week, a, a Sam Alliance senior, Chris Brown, said this. He said, we're okay with struggle. We need someone to help us get through the struggle of life, not just get through a program. Isn't that true for all of us? Five to 95. Who's in your boat? And why does it matter? 
You know, as we were going down, the, the guide, the guide was so important because the guide sits here and he directs all of us as we sit along the boat, but the guide knows how to have the best ride. The guide knows where we're going to be in trouble. And as the guide speaks directions, everybody else falls in line. And as Jesus speaks directions to a community of people so we can know and discern his heart together, we have to have people in the boat that are eyes fixed on Jesus, aligning to his heart. You know, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else. And by the way, anytime you see that, stop and pay attention. (laughs) Above all else. Those are big words. Guard your heart. We were not meant to do life alone. When we are in isolation, we are in trouble. God insists that we get in the boat. He pushes us to have fellowship. He pushes us to go deeper. So who's in your boat? You know, maybe you have been so blessed. It is a gift from God that you have some incredible people that have spurred you on and encouraged you and cheered you on and helped you take risk. And they've reached out and grabbed you when you felt like you were struggling and they've ridden the rapids with you. I want to encourage you to do this. Take out an encouragement card and write them a note. Send them a text. Send them an email as a way to celebrate and thank God and thank them for the way they've been in your life, for the way they've helped your heart be shaped like Christ, your will to be aimed at Jesus in community together. Let them know how much you love them and appreciate them. Maybe you need to reevaluate who's in your boat. You could be heading into a, a new season of life. It could be that as you head into college, you need to be thinking about Who's in your boat? I know that Array and I, we just had our third child a couple years ago, and we started to look at life and say, man, I think we need some different people in our boat that have some different life experiences. Maybe you need to make some hard choices about who's in your boat right now because you want to be aligned with the heart of God. It's the best place to be, even when it's a bumpy ride. Maybe you don't feel like you have anyone in your boat. Maybe you feel alone. And I know it sounds trite, but... What Jesus did before he chose the guys in his boat, he spent an entire night in prayer. I haven't spent an entire night praying for anything, not the whole night. But begin to pray. Begin to pray and begin to look and begin to ask God to send people. And you never know, it could be somebody you don't even know yet that's sitting two rows over right now. And as we launch into this September, we have a community, we have group life where this church believes in discipleship. We need to be in community together. The heart of God is community, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and we are made in his image. And as as we launch into the fall, there's so many ways that you can plug in, that you can connect, and you can go deeper. And they meet every weekend, but it doesn't stop on the weekend. It goes throughout the whole week. It's real life stuff. You know, and right now, I I want you guys to get a chance to hear from some folks that are going through the real life stuff of following Jesus and the challenges and the community. And to do that, we're going to watch a video of some college and 30-somethings right now. Listen to their heart. I started going to church the middle of my junior year, towards the end. Uh, and then didn't really start to, to own my own faith and to you know, really take it seriously until I went to a Mexico trip with a high school group. Uh, and that's when I realized that God was real. Jesus, for me, was most influential in following him. When I was little, I lived in a home that was broken and um, drugs and all kinds of other things going on. And I just felt his presence and I started riding the bus that came down the street to church. And I always just felt that he was there and that I knew he was guiding me. 
in the past, my beliefs as far as um, what it meant to follow Christ was really kind of about rules and regulations in my mind. And um, as I've grown into adulthood, I had a bit of a mind shift that it was more about loving God and loving others. And out of that, there would be certain fruit that would come as far as my actions and, and how I would be living things out. Um, so that's a huge piece for me as far as am I spending time with God? Am I, you know, spending time in his word? Am I praying, doing things like that? And then out of that are my actions. How are my actions showing his love to others? Where that, whether that would be peers, whether that would be people that don't know him. We stay connected to Jesus um, through his word, um, through the gospels. You know, for me personally, it means keeping up uh, on my own quiet times as well. Uh, that's huge, you know, because you can go out and you can serve and you can do whatever, do what you're supposed to do as a Christian. But if you don't have that core behind your faith of, of relying on God, um, you're going to get dry, you know, and you're going to run out of stuff to give when you have so much going on around you is you have to block out a time in your day to do it. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. I have a spot, a parking space uh, where it's, it's dark and I've got enough time before I go up into to work um, uh, where I can really focus and pray and connect with God. And that's my spot on a regular basis. I also have a journal that I keep. One of them, I write up my own prayers uh, to what I'm saying to God and what I, what I, what I want to speak to God. And then I also keep another journal where I write down what I feel like God's speaking to me. Um, and in those times, that's when, uh, that's when I'm able to look back on those and I can see you know, how God spoke to me and, and how it's encouraging and how it, you know, I can look back on it later and I see uh, that you know, God's voice is real. I try to ask God every day what his will for my life is. You know, ask him uh, what his will for my life is and that he would relieve me of the self-bondage that I have, um, because I have a tendency to want to just do Jeb's will all the time, you know? And um, me running the show, me on my own program doesn't work. The biggest challenge, I suppose, maybe it's just standing out recently, is um, my desire to uh, lead myself or, or create um, a destiny for myself, uh, tell God what I'm gonna do. Um, and that hasn't worked out so far. Um, and so I, I keep getting redirected and that's been challenging. Um, but I, I think I'm, I'm coming to a place where I'm ready to just uh, submit and say, I will follow you where, where you want to lead me. I think our challenges in following Jesus at this stage have been busyness. Our kids decide they want to play every single sport and we want to help in a lot of different ways. And we're right now actually trying to really tone that down and set time aside. It's one time, one thing to set aside time by yourself, but it's another to set it aside together as a family. And uh, so over meals and asking the kids to pray before you eat isn't really cutting it. I've been realizing with a kid on the way, we're um, res not responsible, but in a way responsible for the, the spiritual maturation of this child. Mm -hmm. um, that it's gonna, it's gonna see how we live our lives. We can't go home and hide, because um, our child is there, and it will see how we act when we're not around people, and it sees, it sees our private life. And one thing I really look up to to Christians who are older than me is Christians who are able to live out their lives and still have integrity in their faith. 
uh, it's easy to be one way at church and it's easy to be another way back home or you know out in the community or wherever um, but people who live out their lives fully you know and, and people older than me I look up to that a lot because uh, that's something that is easy to compromise. The first thing that comes to mind as far as thinking back on what um, people could have done kind of for me or kind of for people within my generational gap is um, really kind of even being open and honest about their faith and their journey and both the positives as well as the negatives and the struggles um, just to really hear people's stories not just kind of the surface level you know this is when I came to accept the Lord but really hearing about these are the ways looking back on my life that I've seen God faithful um, and just hearing those experiences from people that I have had interactions with has really made an impact on me. One thing I wish that um, people of the next generation would do um, is, you know, to impart the wisdom and the stuff that they've learned, you know. I wish people would step out more in faith, you know, and, and reach out, you know, to us, you know, and, and like we should do for people who are, you know, 20 and newlywed. For, for people who are younger, people who are in middle school or in high school, I'd say they have so much opportunity because they have events and stuff to go to. And that's when you get that community, and that's when you find God is at those things. You know, and it's, it's all right there for a lot of people who are younger. Ask a lot of questions, too. There's a lot of people around you who are also asking the same questions. I would say I would ask of the older generation to um, consider entering other people's world and um, that we can't just expect to invite people to church and have them come, but sometimes we need to um, stoop to an uncomfortable level or um, enter a world that is unfamiliar to us in order to um, touch a life. Um, and so it, it takes us making the sacrifice instead of expecting sacrifice from others also realizing that people is God's heart, and so it needs to be our heart too. Hey, can we give those folks a hand for sharing our, their heart with us? <clears throat> well, I want to hone in on you baby boomers for a second. Baby boomers, the biggest generation in history, there's 84 million baby boomers. Uh, I call that 50 to 70. There are 46 billion Gen Xers, that's me, kind of our 30 to 49 range, and then there's 74 million millennials, kind of 16 to 29. So even if everybody in my generation, all the Gen Xers, we were just loving Jesus and doing an unbelievable job, there's simply not enough of us to reach the next generation. And I know that, that many of us, are, that we're looking and talking, what's going to happen? Well, I wonder if you might consider stepping into the boat of a younger person. As Jeb said, maybe you're in your 30s or 40s and you might step into the boat of somebody who's newly married, trying to navigate the rapids, struggling through and needing somebody to celebrate the highs but walk through the lows, walk through the tough times with them. You know, it is uh, truly, I'm, I'm humbled to be up here, it's a miraculous work of God's grace that I can even stand here. Uh, about 15 years ago, uh, I mean, I come from all the dysfunctional things you can count in a family, so we don't need to list them, but uh, life was kind of a mess, and there's this baby boomer couple named Morris and Ruth Dirks. Um, for those that you don't know, Morris was the senior pastor and spoke from this very spot for about 14 years, uh, but it was 15 years ago uh, that they saw this young guy, and they decided to invite him. They decided to step into my 
boat. They literally invited me into their home. I went on vacations them. I, I ate all their food, like you name it. <clears throat> 13 years ago, Morris gathered about eight of us together and he said, man, we are going to live life in the boat together. We are going to pray for each other and encourage each other. We are going to ask each other the hard questions. We're not going to let each other slide. We're going to really be in each other's boat. And I started to discover God's heart in that community. And then 11 years ago, I stood right there while Morris performed the ceremony and I got married to my beautiful wife of 11 years. I loved Jesus with all my heart at that time. But I can tell you, without that commitment to community, my heart was drowning. And my story is so much different. My story isn't the one you see on the screen right now. I don't want to think about what my life looks like outside of eyes on Jesus, but done in, a, in an incredible community of people. And I don't know where you're at today. Maybe today's a day that you're going, I need that. I need Jesus in my boat, and I need a group of people in my boat. 